<laughs> Friends. Hello. Members of the Babysitter's Club. BSC. I can't even begin to describe how excited I am to do this episode. A few weeks ago, we said that life is a highway. Yes. And today, we're on the highway to the danger zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. We have our baby on my lap here. He's yep. sleeping. Yep. We'll see how this goes. And this is Baby's First Watch List, where we today are discussing a movie that was inexplicably my favorite movie in high school. And is now very relevant again. It is. That's right. We are going to be talking about Top Gun, 1986's Top Gun. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, the king of Scientology himself. And honestly, the biggest action star of the past 30 years. Listen, I... It's got to be him in The Rock. I'm not exactly a Tom Cruise apologist. I think that Scientology is a cult and I think, dangerous, but his movies slap. I think that last week we promised we were going to do an audit on this, on this yeah, episode. Yeah, with Thetans and, yeah. and Xenon or whatever. I didn't prepare for that, but if you want to do an either. audit, we can do one. We can do just a brief like shout out to a documentary that I really liked. Uh, going clear yeah which is on hbo it's It's excellent and it's a really good primer if you are a fan of um true crime if you're a fan of cults uh or not a fan of cults but you are fascinated by them about cults learning about cults or you are just curious about the fact that sorry that was my phone uh you are curious about this weird religion quote unquote that all these celebrities are into then Going Clear is a great uh, kind of primer for that. Yeah, so we're leading with Scientology talk. Oops. So, yeah, back to Top Gun. (laughs) Directed by Tony Scott, who directed a bunch of stuff, but most importantly, Unstoppable. Oh, yeah. The best movie to ever watch on a plane. Yes. Starring uh, Chris Pine of 2009 Star Trek. (laughs) 2009 Star Trek's Chris Pine. (laughs) And Denzel Washington. I mean, he's obviously the real lead here. Denzel as a... uh, In Unstoppable? As the person we should be mentioning first oh, in a of movie. Um, the movie sort of laid out like it's like it's training day where Ethan Hawke is like technically the main character where like Chris Pine is technically the main character, but Denzel's the show. Yeah. Unstoppable is an underrated action. Yeah. Really great salt of the earth, blue collar yes. train out of control and Denzel and Chris Pine have to stop it kind of movie. If you like speed, you will love Unstoppable. And I love speed. Speed is excellent. So Except I love for like it's like a little bit too long, but. It's the the last twenty minutes are so unnecessary in like the elevator shaft. Yes. Everything yeah. everything after the the bust just doesn't matter. Shout out Alan Ruck. Oh yeah. In in speed. You're, All right. you're we are already all over the place. <laughs> okay, so um yeah, this Tom Cruise vehicle, meaning Top Gun, nineteen eighty six, um, was a commercial smash hit absolute smash hit it banked 357.3 million dollars on a 15 million dollar budget and it's still going because of top gun maverick top gun got a re-release this summer and has been making movie or making money ever since it also was the highest grossing film of 1986 that's crazy yeah that was the year pretty in pink came out and ferris bueller's day off yeah, there you go. Some good movies. It was more mixed review wise. It critically did not really um, 
do as well as it did commercially. We have some really funny things that Roger Ebert Roger said. Ebert I'm sure things. you will cover it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Roger Ebert had some things to say about this movie. But hey, not all bad. Not all bad. No, no, no. It's not all bad. No. <laughs> but it did win an Oscar. Yeah, did you see I'm that? sure you it was. That? Was it for effects or something or music? No, it was for music. Yeah, it was uh, for best original song. Okay, Tom which take my breath song? away it was take my breath yeah. away by berlin uh which played approximately 75 times yeah including during the most cringeworthy sex scene i've watched in, in quite some time by far which we will get to the tongues just wild in that movie Ugh. i just it's disgusting Perhaps i was we like, did a whole article about how disgusting it is <laughs> really yeah that's awesome and the blue lighting of it very strange bizarre bizarre scene it was also oscar nominated for film editing for best sound and for best sound effects editing which i don't think that exists anymore no no i think it's all just uh i think it's just best film editing now okay and best sound those are the two awards now they don't do like mixing sound mixing no versus... they, they changed that a couple years ago okay a sequel top gun maverick which you guys have probably seen we actually haven't seen it yet no i hadn't even seen this one it was released this summer and apparently it better than the OG. It's been killing it at the box office. And critically, it's been doing amazing. It's too. on pace to be. I mean, it's expected to be the highest grossing film of 2022, which there had there can't be a bigger gap between number one movies in a, in a series. Right. Than 36 years. I wonder. I really don't. I mean, it depends. What about from maybe like Bond movies? Rocky? Oh, maybe Rocky. Yeah. Right. But this one, but I mean, it's like 40 year, years of the year. Creed wasn't the number one. Or Rocky Balboa wasn't the number one for the year, I'm saying. No, you're right. I think you may be correct on that. I'm excited to see Top Gun Maverick. I'm more excited than I was before I saw it. That's exactly what I wrote down in one of my discussion points, that this movie kind of not being as good as I thought it was made me more excited to see Top Gun Maverick. Do you know what Tony Scott said about this movie? What did he say? He called it the purest form of escapism, and he said that it mainlines entertainment. Ooh, that's that reminds me of it being like this is content as opposed to like a movie right yeah he's basically saying like it's not very good but yes. you're, you'll have fun yes which i did which I had is lots fair of fun yeah that's fair so obviously top gun stars tom cruise that's what we all know um it also starred anthony edwards mm-hmm. kelly mcgillis mm-hmm. who was not asked back for the sequel i have a little bit on that in the trivia section wonderful val kilmer and tom scarrett so and meg uh, ryan and Meg Ryan has a little cameo-ish kind of role in it. And she has the wildest accent. It, like, her scenes are unhinged. Unhinged. Matthew Modine actually turned down the Maverick role. I don't know if you saw this. I have many things on the Maverick role in my in my okay. trivia section, but go ahead. So Matthew Modine, you may know from Stranger Things. I have a little bit of a fun fact in my life about Matthew Modine, which is that I, for the entire time I was watching Stranger Things season one, thought that David Harbour was Matthew Modine. Who is Hopper. Who's Hopper in Stranger Things and Hellboy. And yeah. he's like a, this big star he's now. He's big, yeah, now. I Black Widow. did not know who Matthew Modine really was. I or knew who his, David Harbour was. Obviously, I didn't know who David Harbour was because this was his breakout role, Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, right. But Matthew Modine is like a, a an old star kind yeah, of thing. Like pretty, he was the and. Pretty famous. In Stranger, pretty famous. And I like to think that I'm pretty good with actors and roles and who's who. Well, I mean, you could tell us what the poster of the Banger Sisters looked like. So that is very true. There's a lot of Goldie movie Hawn. knowledge in there. Uh, but. 
I legit thought that Hopper was played by Matthew Modine throughout the entire season of Stranger Things. How embarrassing. Yeah, that's super embarrassing. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just told everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So he turned down the role of Maverick because he found it to be too pro-military and it went against his politics. There were a couple of those people. I don't. Okay, whatever. We could get to that. Um, I could do three hours on that. (laughs) Yeah. The soundtrack went nine times platinum. Yeah. Which is really good. I feel like only Bad Boys 2 would be. Yeah, probably something like that. that. Um, And it was actually number one on the Billboard charts for five weeks. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and you know, they really make good use of that soundtrack. Oh my God. In the it's movie. the most economical use of money I've ever seen in my life. They spent a ton of money on like making danger, especially danger zone. They, he, um, Kenny Loggins wasn't the first choice for danger zone. Oh yeah. Wasn't it? It wasn't John Cougar Mellencamp. Was no, it? there were the two that I saw were Brian Adams. The two that I saw were Ario Speedwagon and Toto. Whoa. <laughs> That is 80s, but who's more 80s than D- Kenny Loggins? Different 80s. Different, different kind of 80s. 80s. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So that's what I got from my intro section for Top Gun. A very economical use of my intro section. It's been about 9.30. Yeah, that's like not a lot for me. Yeah. And, and we had like a bunch of segues. Yeah. And we're continuing to segue kind of. Well, you know, I feel like most, it's a long transition. most of the movies that we talk about have like all these Oscar nominations and all these kind of like little things of huge cast and all that. And Top Gun doesn't really have that. I no. guess it is kind it of It barely a, has a plot. <laughs> exactly. So let's go to a summary, Tom. All right. So I'm just going to preface this because this one, when I was, you know, adapting from the Wikipedia version of the plot summary. Yeah. Uh, the Wikipedia plot summary for this movie goes hard and it's like very technical and it's all about like I saw that all these different planes and like all this. I'm like, listen, I'm going to try and dumb this down as best as possible because this movie is not very technical. You know, it does a little bit of the jargon, but I kind of like though that there's so much. Apparently they misuse a ton of the jargon. This this plane that was made in 19... I love that that's in a movie that has the stupidest screenplay I've ever seen. (laughs) One of the... Yeah, one of the dumbest screenplays. There's something to be said for that. Like, it's kind of like if Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure went really deep into... Like Socrates' philosophy. philosophy. (laughs) But misused everything. Yes. Like, that's kind of genius. Yeah. So, this one's a doozy. Um, So, with Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone blaring twice, we start with the team of... (laughs) U.S. Navy aviator Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, and Lieutenant Junior Grade Nick Goose Bradshaw, played by Anthony Edwards. No idea his name was Nick. Who are? Oh, it's they only show it once, quick, and it's on his like badge. Okay. Um, his and they're stationed tags. in the Indian Ocean on the USS Enterprise, which I guess is like an aircraft carrier. They're engaged in a dogfight with two planes. Maverick saves the naval aviator star callsign Cougar, but once they return to base, Cougar decides to leave the Navy giving up his wings for his newborn child he's never met. Which, you know, fair. Good for Cougar. I think that's very nice. Good for Cougs. Maverick and Goose are awarded Cougar's spot at Top Gun, the Naval Fighter Weapons School at Naval Air Station Miramar. And so, obviously, right before his first day, Maverick is looking to pick up chicks in a bar. (laughs) After the entire bar joins him in singing You've Lost That Loving Feeling to a girl sitting on a bar stool played by Kelly McGillis, he literally follows her into the bathroom to try to get her to leave her date for him. Super creepy. Uh, just as an aside, Maverick is in my like personal pantheon of movie creeps. I don't have a question about this later on, but he's a big time creep in this movie. I thought when I was in high school, he was like the coolest, hottest guy. Like, oh my God, so fun, whatever. 
No, he's a scumbag. I'm terrified of him. <laughs> he's a literal scumbag. He's a scumbag and he's a loose cannon. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the next day, it turns out that that woman is an astrophysicist and an instructor at Top Gun. <laughs> Her name is Charlotte Charlie Blackwood. She's interested in Maverick because of a maneuver he made where he took his plane upside down inches away from another plane, which his plane was not supposed to be able to do. And also, nobody should be doing that. And also, he gave the finger. He did. He gave the bird. The bird. Um, When Charlie chastises Maverick in front of the class, uh, she ends up chasing him through the streets, speeding through busy intersections just to begin a relationship with him for some reason. Very strange. Um, At Top Gun, Maverick is, well, a Maverick. He flies beneath 10,000 feet and he buzzes the control tower, meaning that he flies super close to it and he makes a character named Airboss Johnson spill coffee all over himself. Oh, Maverick. They're reprimanded by their commanding officer, Viper, even though like Goose doesn't really have anything to do with it. He's just kind of cheering him on. Yeah. Maverick's starting to get on the nerves of his teammates too. Jester says he doesn't trust him as a teammate in combat and in training later on, when Maverick abandons his wingman to go rogue on his own chase, he's defeated from behind by Jester. Then there's Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kazansky, played by Val Kilmer, who is known for being cool under pressure, and he's Maverick's biggest rival. He calls Maverick's behavior foolish and dangerous, and he says that's worse than the enemy. I mean, yeah. He's right. Yeah. I am Team Iceman. I'll get into this later. (laughs) So during an ensuing training, Maverick's plane flies through the wake of Iceman's plane, which causes both of Maverick's engines to flame out. As he and Goose try to eject from the plane, Goose hits the aircraft canopy headfirst and is killed. Which the movie kind of turns after that. It does. So, you know, obviously Maverick is is distraught and guilt-ridden. And even though he's cleared of wrongdoing by the Navy, uh, you know, he strongly considers quitting after a couple of more training sessions. And Charlie leaves. You know, Maverick's going through it at this point. So he goes and he visits Viper at his home. He finds that Viper had served with uh, his father in a Vietnam War air battle that resulted in Maverick's father's death. While reports had said that it was Maverick's father's fault, uh, Viper says that his dad actually died a hero and that Maverick can get back in the air successfully if he can just dig deep and kind of find his confidence and and, and get gritty. Mm. So back at Top Gun, Iceman wins the Top Gun trophy as the top of the class. Uh, Maverick returns. He decides to graduate. Uh, Some of the new graduates, including Iceman and Maverick, are deployed to a crisis situation in the Indian Ocean immediately. Like, from graduation, they were like, you guys got to go to the Indian Yeah, they Ocean got, right like, now. little envelopes or something. Yes. Like, at the ceremony. At the ceremony. So, there was a communication ship out in the Indian Ocean, drifted into hostile waters, and the pilots are supposed to provide air support for it so they can get it out. Iceman, again, reasonably, isn't sure about allowing Maverick on the mission because of his mental state and his general unpredictability. But, you know, they decide to do it anyway. When Iceman and his wingman, Hollywood, get into a dogfight with the enemy, Hollywood gets shot down, and so Maverick is deployed to assist as Iceman's new wingman. Maverick, during the fight, is given the option to break away from Iceman, but instead of repeating his prior training mistake, he sticks with him, shoots down three of the enemy planes, Iceman destroys a fourth, and they win the battle. Woo! So when they return to the Enterprise, Iceman and Maverick acknowledge each other's abilities, and like every 80s movie, they hug. Yeah. Um... (laughs) So, you know, sort of having come to terms with Goose's death, Maverick throws Goose's dog tags into the ocean again. I don't know why. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> it's not like earlier in the movie, Goose was like, oh man, like, you know, I would just love if... if Sprinkle me out at yeah, sea. Yeah, exactly. No, There's nothing like that. he never says that. And he also, just like assumes that that's what... 
He has like a widow and a son. Like, shouldn't yeah. he give the dog tags to his son? I think he took the dog tags from the house when he went to visit. Like, ugh, Maverick. Anyway, Maverick decides to become an instructor at Top Gun, like School of Rock. It is very. This School movie of is Rock. just like School of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so later on, he goes to a bar in Miramar, which, you know, he's been at throughout the movie, uh, and a jukebox begins playing. You've lost that loving feeling. And Maverick reunites with Charlie and the credits roll. Yep. That's Top Gun. That's Top Gun. It's, uh, it's a bad movie, but it's a fun movie. It's really fun. I got to say, I had a blast watching this movie, but Tom, I mm -hmm. asked one question a lot and it was why? There were so many things that you go, why did that happen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no Basically. psychology on display Basically. whatsoever in this movie. <laughs> All right. You missed something really important. Though. I did miss some stuff. I didn't talk about Meg Ryan at all. That's not what I was referring to. What are you referring to? There's one scene you missed that's really volleyball. important. Yeah. 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 There's also like a shirtless volleyball. glistening volleyball scene. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. huge. Like, Apparently that's the they one. got mad because Tony Scott made them spend a whole day filming that scene. Yeah. Like they, the the producers were like, why are we still here? They're like, so sweaty. Yeah. Well, they had to get sweaty. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. All right. I have a little bit about the, that. He made them play like a real game. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Yeah. But also the editing in that scene was horrible. Oh, the editing in like every scene. Why was it nominated well, for best editing? It was nominated for, for editing for the, for the flight scenes, which is totally fine. I'm of cool course. with that. But like the, the volleyball scene, like nobody is where they're standing in the previous frame. I'm obsessed. It's incredible. All right, so I have about a bajillion questions and a bajillion talking points. Good. I don't have all that much, but I'll be glad to to piggyback. What do you want me to start with? The points? Uh, do whatever you want. That's probably best. Whatever feels good. One of the things that I really liked about this movie, um, <laughs> how, how bad is it that I'm like, this is like my favorite thing about this movie. I love how the helmets looked. Yeah, they're pretty so cool. They're really cool. They're like black and red with cool writing of the call sign yeah. on them. And I really thought that that and the outfits were great in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Costuming on point. So I got to give it that. I really like that about it. I also. What about Kelly McGillis's hat? That, in that elevator scene. Huge. Yeah. The hat was like so large. Yeah. I don't understand it. I didn't even recognize her. I at have first. trivia on that too. But oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, like maybe she cut her hair or something. No. Well, it had to do with she was in another movie at the time and she had a different hairstyle. Okay. Well, let me tell you, I did not recognize her in that scene at first. Let me see if I could find it really, really quick. Uh, yeah. Okay. So a test audience who saw the movie before it was released, they were annoyed that there was no sex scene. Oh. So the producers. So they put in the worst one ever. Five months later. They brought them back to Chicago to film the, it was called the infamous elevator scene and sex scene. Yeah. During their time away from the set, McGillis had lost approximately 16 pounds. Yeah, she did and not. And her I hair was much her. darker. That's what yes. it was. Uh, and Tom Cruise was actually filming The Color of Money and his hair is much longer in those two scenes. Uh, so that's why, probably why they made it darker. Yeah. And made the, gave her the hat and everything. They had to do with it. That's probably why that was blue. That, and it was totally different from the rest of the color scheme of the movie. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, they should have cut that. They didn't need to do that. Also, scenes. they didn't like each other. That's why she didn't get called back. They didn't like each other during filming and they didn't like each other after filming. And let me tell you, that was made very clear by the chemistry or lack thereof in the movie. But, and you guys should be glad I'm not saving this till the end so you can get the good stuff up front. They did briefly reunite in 2010 for the premiere of Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. 
Yes. All right. Well, at least there's that. Yes. At so least it was happily that. ever after 12 years ago, but apparently not because she wasn't in Maverick. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. All right. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, some other things that um, I noticed were the importance of glasses in this movie. Oh, yeah. Kelly McGillis wears glasses once to look smart. Yeah. But only once. And there are these huge glasses. Was it? That's not at the bar, right? No, it's just during one of the scenes where she's like teaching. teaching. Um, and Iceman, on the other hand, wears sunglasses like a million times, even indoors when they're in a dark room re- reviewing film. Because he's cool. Because he's cool. Because yeah. he's Iceman. Yeah. Now, the aviators, I will say, have and he, and made... He makes, and he makes the jokes about like, like when he's like coughing under his breath. When he's yeah. like, loser. Whatever yeah. he said. Yeah. Um, he improvised that. Did he? Yes. Oh, my God. Val Kilmer, God. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, some other things that I noticed here. Um, during one of the first scenes, the boss man is yelling at Maverick and Goose. Oh, God, and he yes. he is, like, way shorter than yes. them. So this is very clearly pre-Short King Tom Cruise, where he embraced the lack of height that he has. It is. Is that There's in a more. trivia thing? There's more. I noticed it right away. Yeah. Like this guy. This had, guy had to be like, like if, four if, foot ten. Yeah. If there was no, if there was no like like messing with the camera going on, the guy had to be like three foot six. And I was like, Tom Cruise had to be standing on a box or something. Uh, something like that. He had to wear lifts in his scenes with Kelly McGillis because she's three inches taller than him. Yeah. Um. And also, uh, in the last scene when he's sitting at the counter, um, you know when when Charlie ends up walking up to him when he's standing up, uh. She's actually standing in a trench that Aww. was dug by the like the the techs uh, because they wanted them to look like they were the same height. It's just like nowadays we don't really. No, of course we are team. My favorite couple, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Um, I is he shorter than her? I don't even. Yeah, know. and so I love that. And oh I yeah, think she's like deceivingly that. tall. She's not deceivingly. She's very tall. I just feel like she's like five foot two. Like in my head, no, she's like she's five like foot five two. No, she's like five eleven. Yeah, or no, something. she's yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And we embrace that. We embrace who you are. And I think Tom Cruise, I believe in Top Gun Maverick, allows himself to be five seven or whatever. It's his weird that is. he shrank over those thirty six years. <laughs> or did everyone get way bigger? I don't know, <laughs> but we embrace the. I don't know what you would call it. Height diversity. Yeah. Nowadays. We don't discriminate. And back then, it clearly. We have a, we represent both sides of the height spectrum on this podcast. Very much so. I am a nice tall five foot two. Tom is much, much taller than I am. And we respect both short kings and queens yes. and tall ones alike. So yes. I'm glad that Tom. And non-binary Cruz royalty. Whatever works. I I'm glad that Tom Cruise has embraced that and that now we don't need to do like stupid tricks like people standing in trenches to the fact that they had to dig a trench. And again, so IMDb trivia I kind of take with a grain of salt because you don't know how much of it's true, but that is that is pretty funny to think about. Yes. Okay. One of the things that I, I had to make a point of is I, I guess one of the date, their first date, Charlie and Maverick, because I found this romantic subplot to be really random do you want to know the word i would use to describe it what dreadful <laughs> horrific it was dreadful it was watching really these two watching these two act together was interact, dreadful. like be in a room together it was awful. should i talk about uh, roger ebert when you're done with this just real quick yeah just so his little quip on it my one thing is it's not even like it's the actor's fault here this is totally the screenplay 
during their first date, Maverick is late to his dinner date with Kelly McGillis. She says, I'll be there at five or whatever. He runs on his own time. And he's late because he's playing shirtless beach volleyball. Which, okay? come on. He's literally disgusting from beach volleyball. <laughs> and she, he comes and he's about to apologize. And she goes, no apologies. I'm like, why? He's yeah. literally late. Like, why no apologies? You want him to apologize. And then after that, he digs himself even deeper by asking if he could take a shower while she cooks for him. Yeah. Like, wh- who are you, Maverick? <laughs> he literally is late. He is wearing just like disgusting clothes. And he says, hey, can I take a shower? Maverick, and I will bleep this out. Maverick is what we call in 2022 a f- boy. Yeah, he really is. Who do you think you are? And Kelly McGillis is his teacher. Can yes. we just talk about that? Why is she not getting in trouble? Because well, everybody knows. Do they? I well, mean, by later on they do because Meg the Ryan one guy, knows. And the one guy called her to be like, hey, Maverick's leaving kind right. of thing. And I'm like, okay, so we all know that Kelly McGillis is in a relationship with Tom Cruise, her student in this highly 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 like specialized branch of the military which is supposed to be super professional yes and she has like top secret clearances and stuff that he definitely doesn't have at that point and nobody cares i guess not. she doesn't get in trouble at all i guess not it's so bizarre they didn't get reagan on the phone for this one wild all right give me your roger roger ebert stuff so roger ebert every now and then i like to check his reviews for movies like this as i did with um i don't remember which movie it was but this one is just some funny stuff. He he gave it a two and a half star review out of four. And basically the gist of his review is that the action scenes are awesome and the talking scenes are just bad, dreadful, yeah. as I said. Um so there's two little there's two little quips here. Here's the first one. Top Gun settles fairly quickly into alternating ground and air scenes, and the simplest way to sum up the movie is to declare the air scenes brilliant and the earthbound scenes grimly predictable (laughs) this is a movie that comes in two parts it knows exactly what to do with special effects but it doesn't have a clue as to how two people in love might act and talk and think so true which yeah i mean anybody who's seen this movie can probably agree with that anyone who's seen this movie and also exists as a human being in the world right exactly (laughs) and then he, he ends his review by saying movies like top gun are hard to review because the good parts are so good and the bad parts are so relentless (laughs) <laughs> the dog fights are absolutely the best since Clint Eastwood's electrifying aerial scenes in Firefox but look out for the scenes where the people talk to one another <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert I gotta say I know that a lot of times people are mean about critics and yeah. say oh critics they can't make like you why would you be mean to people who make a movie and stuff like that when you're the one just reviewing it whatever but I do have to say that I find value in critics absolutely and I think that when you have one that reviews as wonderfully as Roger Ebert did that, that is art that's art like Roger, a lot of absolutely. Roger Ebert's reviews are art yeah shout out Roger Ebert R.I.P. Uh, one other thing I just want to say about that is like you know I find reviews to be important. I do too. Because we use reviews on a lot. We don't always agree with them. Yeah. And I think that's important too, to like take something that Roger Ebert says and, you know, if it's something you don't agree with, it's just his opinion. Something that I like to do, I always like to find the value in movies too. I, if I was a critic, I would never be kind of mean 
He like, said some great stuff about the movie in that review too. Two right. two point five out of four is not terrible. It's not, um, but I do think that there's value in it. Do I think that there's value in the New York Times calling the Guy Fieri restaurant? in Times Square like the worst thing that he's ever exi- like has ever existed no of right. course not but because I the review's iconic for that restaurant I don't know if you've ever seen it no but it's the, the restaurant no longer exists but at the same time was he really gearing his restaurant towards New York Times columnists exactly that's the thing too um there's something to be said for uh for for that where for a movie like Top Gun 2.5 out of 4 is pretty good for uh for like Roger Ebert somebody who's like this distinguished movie critic you know and look I agree I wrote here the dialogue is so bad it reminds me of how sims interact oh my god yes <laughs> yes yes and they're I, like nani yeah. <laughs> where it's like you you hear what they're saying but it doesn't quite make sense yeah and then they in make the real like, world then they do like remember when remember when Iceman like air bites at at maverick oh yeah he's like you're dangerous and then maverick's like i am dangerous <laughs> and then uh no he goes i am dangerous ice man and then Val Kilmer goes an air bites him one of the weirdest interactions of the whole movie I remember I said to you I'm like watch this part because it is just <laughs> truly memorable and wild I love stuff like that in a movie where I I well okay I went into this thinking this movie was good because this was why was this my favorite movie as a teenager I don't know I don't know it wasn't I thought it was prestige cinema no. I was like, oh, we're going to watch this movie. It's so good. I thought you, this was really You thought really it was like good. Jaws. I thought like the it Godfather. was excellent. Top Gun. Excellent movie. I did not realize that it was not really well received critically. I did not realize that the dialogue was written by an alien who watched <laughs> 75 hours of Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> like, I Like, what was this? Uh, I don't know, but what I can tell you is that it is dad movie through and through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do. It's like a Gen so. X dad movie. Not, so, not a boomer dad movie. One of the things that maybe endeared me to this movie was there is a goose. Compi- oh, I love goose. goose rules. Listen, I love goose, but no, it's that there's a tiny little bit of a competition, which yeah. is very minimally referenced. It's, it's very much in the background. And there's like only a split second where you see Iceman with the plaque. Yeah. Like nobody ever says like, oh, Iceman won the, you know what I mean? There's no like, you don't get any of that pomp and circumstance. But as all Babysitter's Club listeners know, I love a competition in a movie. Yes. So maybe that was part of it. Maybe. I did make this note. Maverick at the halfway point in the competition for the Top Gun trophy is in second place. Only two points behind Iceman. Then I wrote, but he literally gets chastised after every single flight. I think it's almost like uh, it's almost like Harry Potter, where at the end of every movie, it's like, oh, they're behind, but and they did all these crazy things, but you know what? We got to give them the extra points anyway. Gryffindor wins. Yeah, Gryffindor wins. Um, now yeah, Maverick doesn't, doesn't win, win, but which is the right decision. Yeah, at least they did that. Yeah, but he is the Top Gun. Yeah. He is like at the, the end, like at gun. the end when uh, he hugs Val Kilmer and they're like, uh, Iceman's like, oh, you could be my wingman anytime. And then Maverick goes, you could be my Nine. wingman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He is the top gun. He learns like pretty much nothing from the beginning of this movie to the end. He just wins at the I mean, obviously the whole goose thing happens, but like and he does that thing where he doesn't fly off and go rogue and he helps Iceman. But like other than that. 
He's basically the same as he was at the beginning of the movie. It's kind of weird because near the end, Kelly McGillis is like, you, you're quitting like for everything. And it's like, you're, what, what do you mean? He's like quitting for one thing. And I guess like from that point, which is 75% of the way through the movie to the point, which is like 95% where he decides not to disengage and re-engage, whatever. Yeah. I guess that's when he learned something. Yeah, I mean, he learned something, but he doesn't, he's not dynamic. There's no change whatsoever. I said at one (laughs) point when I was watching this. But he's, no, you finish, go ahead. I was like, okay, I don't really, oh, I didn't realize Iceman's not really in this movie that much. And then I paused and I went, but nobody seems to be in this movie that much. Like This movie has no characters. No characters. No plot. It's just so confusing. On how it's this just movie a, is take like, my breath away in danger zone for 95 minutes or whatever 106 minutes whatever it ended up being you did a count take my breath away plays three times uh it's yes danger, danger zone, zone plays three, three times. times and the first verse of what is it what's the other great song balls of fire. great balls of fire plays three, three times. times yeah yeah and then you get this you've lost that love and feeling twice 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 and she also kelly mcgillis's character who i i'm focusing on her because I just don't understand anything, any reason why that subplot was in this movie. Apparently, people wanted a sex scene. So <sighs> I don't know why. She it was the 80s. Yeah, exactly. She played sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, Otis Redding. And you would think that that would be the song that she would play on the jukebox. Because there's like a sweet moment where he talks about how his dad used to play that. And like it reminded him of his dad. And that was the moment where literally the moment where she falls in love with him, where the next scene, she's like, I'm falling for you, which is like two seconds yeah, into knowing it's him. like the third time they've they've interacted. But she plays you've lost that loving feeling, which again. is the song that they sang to her at the bar in the beginning. I would just think that you which would has want to play the one that has more emotion attached, but that would be against everything that this screenplay. Is yes. Yes. To do. And it would also be it would also make more sense to do that. Because wouldn't you want um, the song to remind you of the time that he opened up to you instead of the time that he followed you into the bathroom? Yeah, he follows her into the ladies room. He does. And she's with like this older guy who has the funniest name ever. If you're again, another Harry Potter reference. Uh, The actor who played the older man that she was on a date with is one of the pilots that was like a consultant on the movie and his name is Pete Pettigrew. I don't know that she was on a date with him. Well, that's what it was implied to be. That's what Maverick thought because he, of course, takes everything as a competition. Maybe he was just like another guy that was a major flight person and she was working with him. The point here is that his name is Pete Pettigrew. Yeah, I know. That is pretty (laughs) funny. Oh, God. Wormtail. Hey. Wormtail vibes. Call sign Wormtail. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Call sign um, Mr. Turner. Some other things that I wrote down here. Shouldn't Kelly McGillis get in trouble? Yes. yes. Iceman and Maverick kind of give each other the flirty fingers throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well... There's a vibe. Iceman is a little jealous that Goose is around, I think. I think so, too. Oh, I mean, for the first half of the movie? Stop. For the first two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but Iceman and Va- Maverick, there's some... There's more chemistry there than with Maverick and Charlie. By like miles. And yeah. Maverick and Goose. Yeah. Like the I love Goose, but I don't understand. Yeah. Like Maverick and Goose are like I don't like what? Iceman and Maverick though? Yeah. There's a vibe. Um And I don't think this is a hot take necessarily, but what I've been what I've been saying is like I preferred Iceman. I think Iceman is right at every turn. He's a little bit of an a- <laughs>
all but yeah but he needs to be you need to be in that job yeah you have to be cold as ice not making a mistake yeah and Iceman doesn't make a mistake the whole movie i mean he does you know maverick's plane does get caught behind him and much of the point of that was that it was not supposed to be anybody's fault because the navy was like when this movie was being produced found out that there was going to one of them was going to die and they wanted there to be a situation where it was nobody's fault because you know propaganda and all that um it makes sense though no no but they so they made it so that you know nobody like went rogue or nobody would like he just it was just an unfortunate accident it wasn't maverick's fault it wasn't Iceman's fault although the screenplay makes you think that it's going to be maverick's fault before it happens where it's like oh he's he goes rogue he does all this stuff it's dangerous and one day it's going to catch up to him yeah. and then it ends up being something that's not even his it's just fault. totally fluky. the screenplay does not work people the screenplay is horrible okay i love that you come up with like factual based things meanwhile yeah. i wrote is there a fan that will run at full speed in this movie how many <laughs> slow running fans can you point out it's wild i also said the characters seem to remember everything ever said to them by all of the repeat lines what do you mean they always oh well the lines that they say stuff, stuff later, later in the movie? on yeah. yeah where they'll be like kind of flirty about and say something that was said earlier in a different context right. to be like remember when you said that right and it's like why are we remembering random awful dialogue well i mean it's it's awful that it's so awful that it's memorable that is true i also put here that tom scarrett is by far the hottest in this movie who, who was that the the instructor viper yeah that's the guy whose house he goes to? Yeah. 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 He's okay, sure, whatever. He's like probably what, like sixty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the one that flew with Maverick's dad. <laughs> yeah, and he's got the mustache that everyone now is wearing because of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go, uh, my guess is, I don't go to bars in Hoboken nowadays, but my guess is if you went into a bar in Hoboken on like a Thursday night. I would say at least 20%. At least 20% of, of the guys there have have the Top Gun Maverick mustache. Yeah. Right? I mean that would that's I think that's an educated guess. I I and like we, the vibe. We could I be think wrong. It's cool. Yeah. I, I it's to me. I would rather go into a bar and see more people with the Top Gun Maverick mustache than the guys with the J Crew shirt. Oh, 100 percent. Also, know? there's a you know the J Crew shirt we're talking about. Yes, you do. Um, there's also a couple guys on the Yankees that have it. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot across baseball, but I I don't watch baseball. I just watch the Yankees. Um, I I've seen it a lot. I think Aaron Rodgers has like there's just okay. Well, that we're not that's a whole other thing, often. but. Um, there's there's a lot. It's definitely popping again. Well, thank I'm, you, Viper. I'm going Viper. Thank you, Viper. First Viper of was all, the OG. 1986 is Top Gun. Tom yeah. Skerritt, old man vibes. Exactly. I like. Do you that. know him from anything else? Uh, no. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> also, I think Goose had one a mustache like that he too. Did. He yeah. did. So we're team. Doesn't Viper Miles Teller have one in the new one? I think he does. Yeah. So and he's plays Goose's son. Yes. It was in the trailer. We're not spoiling anything if you haven't seen it. I think that is such a smart way to bring make people a in. sequel and to bring people yeah. in. The only problem I have with he it. He looks nothing like the kid. No. no. The kid is like straight up blonde. The problem is the movie's like 40 years old. So like Miles Teller should be Yo, like 42 yes, yes. or something. And it's yes. very clearly like not. And you know what? They even say something about it being present day. In yeah. 1986, so it's not even like, oh, well, it was actually from a couple years it later. Was 1998 or, or yeah. something. No, 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 no. So I do think that the timeline's a little off. I will give them a t- couple years because I think that pandemic issues postponed the production. So but that's not a big enough gap. 
I mean, it's a the gap is too big to make up for that. That being said, I'm willing to suspend reality for it. Yeah, I'd but, love, but it is funny. It is funny. But I do think that if you're going to make a sequel, that is a great way to do it of saying, OK, well, we've got this like two year old that we have in a couple scenes. Yeah. And wouldn't he want to do what Maverick did exactly. in 1986? Exactly. Following his dad's footsteps after he died. Genius. And you have the built-in Tom Cruise is a flight instructor. Yes. In, uh, you know, the end of Top Gun. That's what he says he wants to do. Oh, chef's kiss. That's yes. an excellent way to approach a Perfect sequel. narrative. Perfect. It sets itself up. And I love the fact that they did it with that in mind. I think that a lot of times sequels just try to shoehorn a plot in to try and capitalize on it. Especially when it's a movie that didn't expect to have a sequel. This one, um, I don't remember like the exact details of it, but I think they were trying to do a sequel throughout like the 90s. And Tom Cruise just wanted way too much money. And they were like, we can't. can't." And, And the Navy, there was something to do with the Navy too, where like the planes and stuff were outdated and they didn't want to give them the new stuff but they also didn't want them to use the old stuff because it was like it's it's just outdated and it's not going to work i think that tom cruise in 1990 said something about it's just not wanting to do it because of something about oh glamorizing war or something i I read that they convinced him at one point and his demand was just so outrageous that that they just were like we can't do this well you can't do it without tom cruise absolutely not it would have been absolute garbage and guess what? They did, it turns out, an excellent job. You know, they had to do play the waiting game a bit, but... It worked. Uh, one of the other things I said that I really liked here, besides the flight scenes, of course, and apparently the I... The flight scenes, I mean, we're 36 years later, the flight scenes are still incredible. They're awesome. Yeah. The other thing that I liked is they only filmed when the sky was really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of like um, golden hour scenes yeah, and yeah. beautiful sunsets. Yeah. And Tony Scott was a Casey Musgraves guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a really nice job with that. Um, those are all my like discussion points, but I do have a couple of questions. Yeah. I have two Mary kiss kills. Okay. Okay. The first one, Mary kiss and kill. Maverick, Goose, Iceman. You got to marry Iceman. <laughs> Why? Be- well, I guess, I don't know. Goose was a big wife guy. He was a big but, wife guy. But he also was like kind of cheating on her. He wasn't. He said that he just wants someone to dirty talk him at the bar. Yeah, I guess. Which I don't think counts. Iceman to me is don't just. Don't do that, but I don't <laughs> think that counts. <laughs> Iceman to me is just solid, dependable. You Funny. Know, he's going to do his job. He is kind of an asshole, like I said, but whatever. Um, You got to kill Maverick. <laughs> you have to kill Maverick. I'm sorry. Uh, and and so you're I, kissing I guess you kiss Goose. <laughs> because you can't kiss Maverick because that's just... You saw what happens when you kiss Maverick. And it, it doesn't look good. No. It doesn't look good. It can't feel good. Okay, his you're, tongue? You're kissing Goose. It's you're killing disgusting. Maverick. Um, I think i agree with you although i, I, w- I, will, I would accept switching iceman and goose that's exactly I, what I, I would do. accept that i think that marriage with Ma- maverick goose, is the one you have you to have kill, to kill maverick. <laughs> <laughs> but goose i think life would be more fun if you're married to goose yeah besides Ice, the death scene iceman would probably condescend to you a bit too much exactly i don't i don't deal with that i guess so i would probably kiss iceman Marry Goose. I'd kill Maverick too. You gotta kill Maverick. You gotta kill Maverick in this case. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and then I have another Mary Kiss Kill. Wait, wait, wait. Can I before you do this, can I just I just looked at a thing I wrote down from the end of the movie. All I wrote was Maverick is literally begging for therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At one point I wanted to try to find something like guys will literally 
like yes. fly in the air after killing their yeah. best friend rather than go to therapy. You literally fly through the Indian Ocean. And <laughs> he really needs it. I so hope badly. that he got it by so the time badly. Top Gun Maverick came out. Yes. All right. So I have a second Mary Kiss Kill. Are yeah. you ready for it? Mary Kiss Kill. Is it Great Balls of Fire, Danger Zone, and... <laughs> yes. It's Mary Kiss Kill, Danger Zone, Take My Breath Away, and the first verse of Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Each one of these has played three times in the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I did not get this question beforehand. Um, I'm going to kiss Danger Zone. Okay. I feel like that's the that's the best... That's the most appropriate action here. Okay. I'm going to kill Take My Breath Away. Oh, the Oscar winning yeah. song? And I'm going to marry the first verse of Great Balls of Fire. What's your reasoning? I just It's more enduring. It's been around longer. Yeah, it certainly is enduring. They do it over and over and over and over and over. And, over. and it reminds me of Goose. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And I'd much rather be reminded of Goose than the sex scene. So that takes Take My you Breath Away what? out of it. I agree. So and I'm going to agree with you. Danger Zone just rips. Yeah, so that's so, a, that's a that's a fiery kiss. I would also consider marrying Danger Zone, but I think this is the right this is the right call. Yeah, because Danger Zone's got that little bit of uh, spontaneity. Well, to yeah, it. and I'll tell you what, I haven't uh, I hadn't seen this movie as I've said, but I've been listening to Danger Zone since I was like sixteen years old. So yeah. I've I've had a I've had a lifetime with Danger Zone already, and I can tell you it's pretty good. So marrying it might not be the worst option, but I'm going to go with the first verse of Great Balls of Fire. Here's the I only have one problem with that, and it's that in my the filing cabinets of my mind, I think the guy who did Great Balls of Fire married his 12 year old cousin. Uh, I'm only talking. I'm not talking about the artist. <laughs> I'm saying the first verse of Great Balls of Fire. That's it. Okay. I'm not marrying. I don't even know who did it. It was it like Jerry something. Whatever. Who cares? All right. Especially if he married his 12 year old cousin. I I think he married his 12 year old cousin. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to verify that because that's that's a wild accusation to be throwing around if if it's wrong. Jerry Mm. Lee Lewis. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm sure most people who anybody who knows who Jerry Lee Lewis is. I know he's mega famous. Go to personal life. Oh, yeah. How long people also ask on Google. First one. Yep. How long? It wasn't even did. How long did Jerry Lee Lewis stay married to his 13-year-old cousin? See, I told you guys. All right, I said 12. It was 13. He was Sorry. 23. Okay, that's not good. Uh, No, that's horrible. Uh, Let's see. How long were they together? That did not answer my question. To, um, to be clear, there is no right... No, no, no. I just want to know the to answer. To I just want to know the answer cousin. to the question. Yeah. Um, His third marriage was to... Thir- his third marriage. Oh, Lord. But the, he was 23? Was to... Th- yes. <laughs> What's <laughs> the 13 year old Myra Gale Brown his first cousin once removed on December 12th 1957 what does that mean once removed I don't I think it means like second cousin um, oh. however his divorce from his previous divorce was not finalized so then he had to remarry his cousin again the second year in case you were like listen we got a mulligan maybe I won't marry my 13 year old cousin it's like no I'll marry my 14 year old cousin the next year <laughs> Uh, yep, and then she filed for divorce on the grounds of adultery and abuse, oh. charging that she had been subject to every type of physical and mental abuse imaginable. Okay. Anyway, the first verse of Great Balls of Fire, <laughs> I'm marrying it. All right. Uh, I have one more really... This is, this is not a Jerry Lee Lewis podcast. We don't like him. Disavow. So I have one more question, and I did give you this last question beforehand. Yes. I want to know... I have like 55 answers for this. We've got important call signs here. Um, everybody has a call sign in this movie, right? You got Maverick, you got Goose, you got Iceman, you got Charlie, you got Viper. There's a cougar in there. There's all kinds. Hollywood. Hollywood. So I would like to know, 
I want to know what your call sign would be, what mine would be, our little infant son, and of course, April, our dog April. I can give you my answers first if you want, or I can wait. In what order do you want to go? Whatever. Why don't we do like yours for me or whatever? Okay. We'll do each person at one at a time. All right. So for yours, I wanted to combine um, your new status as a father with a per- with a uh, character trait of yours. So I said your daddy long legs. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a long that's a long it's too call long. sign. It's too long, but I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I have I have three for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coward. Because I wouldn't fly at all. I would never do this. I would never do any That's of this. That's funny. Um, also, I'm colorblind like a dog, so spot. That's cute. I also wouldn't be able to fly because I'm colorblind. Yeah, but that's a great one. Okay. Uh, but also, engine. Engine, why? Because I keep things going. I'm not flashy. I'll be the wingman. That's fine. So you're Thomas just, the Tank Engine? I'm Thomas engine? the Tank Engine. Uh, <laughs> okay. You'll get where you need to be. Beautiful. I also put all of us into a uh, Top Gun name generator. Uh-huh. Uh, some of them are better than others. Mine, I can't even think of why this would be someone's name. Backspin. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a Cars character. Yeah. All you do is enter your name and it gives you a Top Gun and it gives you a different one every time. So it's totally random. Backspin. Okay. I like it. Do you want to know what mine would be for me? What? I said Chatterbox. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good one. Good. Um, I have Cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because you're a baker. Okay. And I don't know why. I looked up something that was like spirit animal for something or other okay. last night. I was really tired last night. Yeah. And it, I don't know why it came up with this. It came up with raccoon. <laughs> I like it actually. Uh, yeah. So cookie and raccoon and the generator gave you Marlin, which is kind of cool. Marlin. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. I got like a real spear nose. Yes. Okay, cool. I like it. All right. For our son, I based one on his name. Me too. I said Connie Chung. That's <laughs> not what I I went. I went with wolf. Oh, that's so much better than mine. <laughs> I also said King. King. And then his generator one was but my favorite of the four generator ones, Tomahawk. <laughs> Wait, that's kind of cute because you're Tom and yeah. he's the like Tomahawk. He's the 22 day old Tomahawk. That's sweet. All right. And then April's. I came up with three for April immediately. Go okay, ahead. Okay. So April's, I think of April showers, right? So I put hers as rainstorm. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done like lightning. Yeah. Uh, I've got her similar to uh, our kid, I guess, Wolverine. Okay. Because I'm just thinking of her personality. Yeah. Uh, honey Badger. Oh, I like that. Or. Does not stop. I went with, I tried to go without an animal. So I went with Cyclone. Oh, that's cool. That's like a roller coaster name. Yeah. But it's also like a crazy storm, like a wind yeah. tunnel kind of thing, which she basically is. And the generator one for her was Angry Pirate. Oh, I like that one. Angry yes. Pirate. Yes. Arg. Yep, These so the, are lovely. Those are all great call signs. That's great. Yours were so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So those are all my questions, Tom. What okay. do you have? I have trivia. Okay. I have Mrs. Nesbitt. Mrs. Nesbitt. Okay. So there is no, again, Mrs. Nesbitt is our identity crisis award, which yeah. implies that there is some sort of character development in this yeah, movie. Yeah, true. Um, It doesn't exactly have dynamic characters, but I, it's got to be Maverick because he's the only one that has no. any... I'm giving it to Cougar at the beginning. 
where he's oh. like, I'm, I'm a pilot. And then when something he was, he up, was their top pilot. Yeah, he was their top pilot. And then he has a moment and he gets the like spins or whatever. And then he looks at the picture of his wife and son that he's never met. And he flips. OK, I'm going cougar. I'm OK with that. I'm also OK with um, whatever Meg Ryan's character's name was. Who knows? Yeah. Who, who even knows what her character's name is? Ugh, Carol? Great, great balls of fire. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Identity Crisis Award isn't exactly a major focus in this movie because there's not very much characterization or character development. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Maverick's the obvious choice because like he wants to live up to his dad while he's doing things his own way, which is truly the way of an unhinged scumbag. Yeah. Um, and while he doesn't exactly change much, things do work out better for him at the end. So that's that, true. So that's good, I guess. But yeah, um, I would say Cougar's a good choice too. Um, let me just apologize to all the Toy Story heads out there. Tom told me it is Mrs. Nesbitt, not Miss Nesbitt, yes. which I've been saying. We for... have to have some respect for the sanctity of marriage. Sorry. Um, what would okay. Mr. Nesbitt think? Oh, my God. Who even knows? Who's Mr. Nesbitt? That's a great question. <laughs> um, food. Yeah, not much in that. Not much food because everyone is at like 2% body fat in this yes. movie. Um, there was a guy drinking coffee in the background on one of the scenes. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of like beer drinking. I think I saw some Budweiser. Definitely. Uh, but... So I did pivot a, bit, a little bit for this segment. Um, I found the place that served as the bar, mm-hmm. like for like the singing scene and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's called Kansas City Barbecue in San Diego. Okay. Uh, they definitely use Top Gun to their benefit. Uh, there's a whole big part of the website dedicated to Top Gun. Smart. Uh, and they call it one of the better business decisions they've made, allowing them to film at yeah uh, to film at that restaurant. I bet. Um, they they have pictures and posters and stuff all over the place. Uh, the only Top Gun thing I saw on their menu was this. So they have, and they're just like, it's like a barbecue, like bar kind of place. Mm-hmm. They have homemade panko crusted and flash fried mac and cheese balls. That sounds amazing. For an added 45 cents, you can turn them into great balls of fire. Love. <laughs> that is that's so good. amazing. <laughs> and that's where they send great balls of fire. And what, what do you add to it to make it? It doesn't great say. Ooh. It does not say. It just says whatever the price was great balls of fire maybe like sriracha or something it could be something like that some sort of hot sauce i guess that's lovely i think that that is such a great little thing yeah and i love that you looked that up they could have turned it into like a top gun themed place and they didn't yeah and i respect that yeah the only problem is i don't necessarily know that if i was agreeing to be in like oh my bar is gonna be featured here maybe i would suggest that the main character does not go and infiltrate the ladies room to try and hook up with uh, a woman it was the 80s i guess i guess i don't know i don't know i have no good answer for that one that being said if i'm in san diego yeah maybe i'll make a stop and get the great balls of fire yeah you wouldn't get the great i would get the great balls i of would fire. probably uh, yeah i would probably not but that's okay cool um, what else you got trivia i just have a couple of more comments about maverick okay in case i haven't piled on them enough yeah i know poor maverick uh Tom Cruise's eyes are unhinged in this entire movie. They really are. Like legit serial killer unhinged. Every single scene, they're like bulging out of his head. It, he's not like that in every movie. I know he's got crazy eyes, but he's not like that in every movie, right? He's just like hyper focused in this. It's wild. It's out of control. It's like he's like on Adderall or something. Maybe he was. Maybe, honestly. No, he probably wasn't. Cut that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't. He doesn't believe in that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So he's he, just a I think he's just living life. Yeah. And the other thing I had to say about him was uh, he is the personification of main character syndrome yes uh nobody else has ever known that they were the main character and anything more than maverick knows he is the main character in this movie you are not lying yeah okay so that's really it on maverick i'm gonna uh switch over to trivia now 
So as I mentioned before with the Navy thing, um, they, after the movie came out, in addition to like the changes they wanted made with like goose and all that, uh, after the movie came out, they had recruiters like parked outside movie theaters. Oh wow! They had something. They had something like a five hundred percent increase in enlistments in that time period. That I is, totally believe that. That is messed up. I agree. That is I think up. that that's showing, especially because Top Gun this, is not, only for the top one percent, and it's also not what being in the Navy should. You know what I mean? It's just not what it should be all about. That is, yeah, that's a little yeah. not nice. It's not great. No. Um. So. But the real Top Gun school, I thought this was cool. Anytime anyone quotes the movie, it's a $5 fine. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I also wrote that Charlie's, the guy that she was with, the older guy, is the real. he's the real life Viper. Oh. Pete, Pete Pettigrew. Cool. Uh, he's a retired Navy pilot and a Top Gun instructor. Uh, he shot down a MiG during the Vietnam War. MiG is one of the planes. Uh, and he served as the technical consultant on the movie. Um, also, our guy Pete. Pete Maverick Mitchell's first name was Evan in early scripts. Okay. Uh, it was changed as Pete as an homage to Pete Pettigrew. Cool. Uh, which is, you know, cool. It's great that Wormtail had such a big effect on uh, <laughs> 1986's Top Gun. Uh, Val Kilmer didn't want to be in the movie, but he was forced to by his contractual obligations to Paramount. <laughs> That's 1940s movie star yes, stuff right there. Exactly. Um, when they did all the training in the fighter jets, uh, Anthony Edwards is the only actor who didn't vomit. Wow, I would not expect that. Go King. Yeah. Also, I always, for many years, because Top Gun was my favorite movie, got Anthony Edwards and Anthony Anderson confused. They're not exactly the same, I would say. No. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Because both of them, their last names are kind of like first names. Yeah. But not fully. Like, Anderson's not a very common first name. Edward is, but Edwards isn't. Anthony, so I got them confused. Anthony Edwards is also now a famous basketball player. Oh. Who starred in um, what's that movie? Hustle. The yeah, Adam Sandler the Adam movie. Sandler one. He's the villain in Hustle, and he's a very good player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I believe that Anthony Edwards, the OG, um, was in like either West Wing or ER. Or he like, was in ER for like okay. eight years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go King, love you. <laughs> so uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced the movie, is a major, major, mega Hollywood producer, yep. especially around this time. Um, he said when he was trying to convince Tom Cruise to sign on to the film after he was like initially reluctant, he said, so the Navy takes Tom up there and they do five G's. They do barrel rolls. They do everything. He's heaving in the plane. He gets on the tarmac, runs to a payphone, and he calls me and he says, I'm in. I'm doing the movie. I love it. This is great. That's which is the most Tom very Cruise, on brand. The most Tom Cruise story I've ever heard in my life. Yep. Uh, apparently, I love the way that this trivia was phrased. Um. The tension between Maverick and Iceman isn't just down to good acting. Ah. Uh. Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer kept their distance from each other and never socialized. That's, I mean, I, but I thought they had good chemistry. Yeah, I don't know. But the point is that they don't have good chemistry because they're, they're rivals. Yeah, but they liked each other. They did like each other. They definitely liked each other. I'm sorry. Um, so the people who were cast... This is all I got. This is my last couple things. So for the role of Charlie, I don't have much for Goose. I really just have Charlie and Maverick. Okay. So for Charlie, here's here's the people that were considered or turned it down. Carrie Fisher was considered. Ah. Here's all the people that turned it down. Tatum O'Neill, okay. Jodie Foster, okay. Daryl Hannah, Diane Lane, mm. Sarah Jessica Parker, and Linda Hamilton. Okay. 
okay, cool. I could I could see most of them in that yeah. role. It would have been a better role. Like no 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 disrespect to Kelly McGillis. Sorry, Kelly McGillis. We lot, love Witness. I mean, I liked Witness. I've never I've seen, you've Witness. never seen it. Um, but at least Jodie Foster, Diane Lane, Carrie Fisher. You know, they're they're like excellent top tier actresses. So. Yeah, of course. Um, then as for Maverick, there were they they went a whole lot of different ways here. I don't know how many of them were actually not as much as James Conn's role in Misery. There's a lot. Wow. Um, I don't know if they were considered or how far any of them got in the process, but they threw down a lot of they threw out a lot, a lot of these names. So Matthew Modine, as you mentioned, yep. turned it down because he objected to the Cold War politics. Yep. Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, a huge who's who of the eighties, Matthew Broderick. Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox, Scott Bayo, and Tom Hanks all turned down the role. Wow. Uh, Charlie Sheen, Jim Carrey, Rob Lowe, Kevin Bacon, Eric Stoltz, and Robert Downey Jr. were considered. It's literally every 80s actor. Charlie Sheen, uh, they they just said he was too young. He would have been good. Uh, he actually spoofed it in Hot Shots a few years later. Hey. Um, and John Travolta was considered. Hmm. His agent's asking price, they said, for him was way too high because he had a bunch of flops in a row. I don't know what the movies were, but he had a whole bunch of flops right in a row, and they were like, There's, we're not doing this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. There were not, not quite as many as Misery, but it was close. Yeah, and it's a cool... It's like a different subset of people, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And Very I think nice. that there's a lot of those people that would have been pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think Tom Cruise is maverick you yeah, know like he he's the because perfect he lives person maverick. exactly i i thought he was great in this role but there's some good choices who in there think, who do you think would have been the best out of those i've got two that stick out to me i mean just looks wise rob lowe is kind of the vibe yeah he wasn't there though um oh he did he was there sorry yeah. I did say, sorry i did say him um hmm that's a good question i'm not sure who did you say uh, i've got robert downey jr and charlie sheen that yeah they would be really really good yeah I think that that's good. If they were going to go in like a like a little bit a little bit more legitimate legitimate direction, I think that probably Matthew Broderick would have been really good. He would have been a little bit softer. Yeah. yeah. Might have been a little like But it's interesting better. because both Matthew Broderick and Charlie Sheen were in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, I always forget that Charlie Sheen's in that. Just that little cameo yeah. with the sister. Yeah, and it's sort of on brand for him too. Yeah. It's a very on brand <laughs> part for him. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Eric Stoltz, I think, would have been good too. Yeah, I only know him from Mask. Was it? Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know yeah, if I've really seen him. He was in a, some else. kind of wonderful, I think. Okay. Um, he's he'd be a good all American. Yeah, kinda. I mean, in 1986, all those people were the yeah. were the hot shots of yeah, Hollywood. Of so yeah, I mean, of course they probably considered all these people. I really don't know about Tom Hanks in that role, but that's interesting. Uh, it would have been entirely different. Yeah, exactly. It, they, you couldn't have made this movie this way with no. with Tom Hanks. I think Val Kilmer would have made it for a good Maverick. He would have. Yeah. Listen. Val Kilmer's in, he's great in some stuff. He's I don't of, think like, I've seen him in that much stuff. Uh, I think he was in, I, I saw him in Tombstone. Oh, okay. He's really good in. Batman. Uh, uh, yeah, he's good in most stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a good actor. He's, I think he kind of went off the rails a little bit. Well, he has some health issues yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know, but he's somebody that when he pops up somewhere, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know? Of course. Um, yeah. I think that's all I got on Top Gun. I yeah all right great this was a fun one to do for the podcast yeah it's a it's a fun movie and we're definitely going to do Maverick at some point oh absolutely I cannot wait to see Top Gun Maverick yeah we will definitely do an episode on Top Gun Maverick but our next one wait you have to ask the big question oh yeah is this going on baby's first watch list heck yeah yeah (laughs) even though it was awful it was so good yeah I'm gonna go to the bathroom for the sex scene (laughs) but but. no I'm gonna be like 
this is the worst awful. scene that's yeah, ever happened. Exactly. Do not take this as real yeah, life. We're going to have to like confront those instead Sex of just sitting there and movies? making it awkward. Oh, yeah. No, 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 And no. just being like, look at this. I'm going to be like, here's what's not accurate. Here's yeah. what. Why is this blue? Why is this blue? <laughs> why? Are, why does her tongue go from his like Adam's apple all the way up to his mouth. It's disgusting. It's truly just just weird stuff. It's weird. It no one nobody acts like that. But it's also like okay, I would get it if it was some kind of movie. Like maybe let's say they went, they went through something traumatic and like it was just like some passionate. But like they just like met each other. Yeah, and it's then she like, like was, drives through traffic. Yeah, like, listen, I mean, meow. I mean, listen, we are we're, this is also a sex positive podcast. Do of course, it, do whatever of course, you want. Of course, but in this movie, this is absurd absurd <laughs> just truly and it's all bathed in blue it's yes which weird. nothing else in the nothing movie is else is blue it's not like ozark where everything is a blue tint right nothing is blue in this movie yep and then she has this big hat on <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wait there's one more thing i forgot to say why are they playing beach volleyball in jeans yeah. The, uh, also, Goose's fit in the volleyball scene is incredible. He's the only one, number one, wearing a shirt. A shirt. Number two, wearing shorts. Yes. And they're cool shorts. And the shirt's cool, too. And the shirt's cool, too. Everybody else is in, like, jeans. Yeah. Why are you wearing jeans? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. They're not in jeans. In what? Throughout the whole... Like, you're playing beach volleyball. And then after that, Tom Cruise is sweaty, disgusting. He does not change out of his jeans. He just puts on a t-shirt and a leather jacket to go <laughs> late to his date with Kelly McGillis. He is the worst. And then he's like, I got a shower. It's he like, is yeah, the worst. Number one, you sweat in jeans he for is, hours. And a, now you put on a leather jacket. He is one of the most insufferable characters I've ever seen in a movie. And the way he walks, he's like, oh my God, his strut. I'm so cool. <laughs> In my leather jacket and jeans that are now oh, like taped my. to me because I'm like playing beach volleyball in them there for are, three hours. There are few places where it's like absolutely inappropriate to wear jeans. Two of them are when you're flying a plane and when you're playing beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and he chose one of them to wear jeans. I got to rewatch it now to see. Does he wear jeans throughout other parts of this movie? I can't picture it. But then again, I can only picture him in the in the like the uh, the outfit, the uh, the military uniform. I feel like he doesn't because I distinctly noticed that he was wearing jeans. And also there's that one scene when Viper it was a Viper who was like, yeah, dude, you got to get over it when he's just standing there in his underwear after Goose dies. Oh, my God. That was so awkward. Was it Viper? I, I, I'm not going to put that on Viper, but it was somebody. Yeah, they're like, man, you need to get over it. It yeah. happened days ago. You just got to get up in the air. Yeah. And he's just standing there in underwear in tidy whiteies. Yeah. <laughs> they were black. No, they weren't black. Oh, they were they white, were, tidy whiteies. I thought they were like boxer brief black. I really don't think so. Okay, All I know go, is you viewer or listener can go ahead and uh, Google that for us. The problem is that earlier on this podcast, I said how much I love the outfits and now I'm criticizing the jeans, although they are kind of iconic. No, I mean, the they're great. They're scene. great, but they, they, they beg the ergonomic question of why so much the ergonomic, chafing. the ergonomic and the, yeah, the practical question of why just imagine like, the worst thing that you could wear when you think you're about to get lucky with that your freaking Kelly McGillis instructor, yeah, and you choose to wear jeans <laughs> to play beach volleyball in the heat before, before on purpose. Think about how much that must smell. It's not, it's not like it was framed as like a spur of the moment beach volleyball game where like no, oh no, 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 you no. know Iceman like kicked sand on him and it was like all right we're gonna settle this on the volleyball court. No, no, it was no. like no, they, like it feels like they had that set up. It did cut like straight to like the end of the beach volleyball game. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had been playing for hours, for hours apparently. And 
it seems, yeah, he he also knew he had that date because 100%. he looks at his watch. He's like, oh, like, no, you knew what time you were supposed to be there. Yeah. And you decide to wear jeans. Yeah. To play beach volleyball and be late. Well, to his credit, he would have been later if he went home and changed. That is true. That's why he says, I need to shower. Yeah, exactly. He didn't get a chance because he rushed over. <laughs> oh, Lord help us. Is Maverick us. actually a good guy? All right. This is a pro Maverick <laughs> podcast. Here we go. Let's let's run it back. Do it all over. Scrap it. <laughs> all right. So, yes, this makes baby's first watch list. Yeah. Tell me what we're doing next, Tom. We're going even further back in the time machine. Heck yeah. It's one of Nin- my favorite movie years. 1970. One. Wait, I thought it was 75. Maybe it's 75. I wrote 1971. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, baby. I love yep. this movie. It holds Veruca up. Salt at her best? Worst? Who Both? knows? Yeah. I, most iconic? Yeah. I really love this movie. I've always loved this movie. It has such a 1970s feel to it. Yeah. And I love some of the feels of 1970s. I'm sorry. My son just made the weirdest noise. Um... So shout out to him, though. He's been on my lap this whole time and has been really well behaved. Uh, but, fact check uh, Wonka 1971. Oh, man, I'm wrong. But what I do know is that this movie feels like 1971. Yes. It is so funny it's scary yeah. it's creepy i wrote that it stars gene wilder as the titular candy maker slash psychopath and it shows you like it's kind of gritty which is very roald doll who's the uh who also disowned this movie did he he did he hated i mean it. listen he hated a lot of things he that hated, are great so uh, yeah, we don't want to go off of yeah. that he wasn't exactly uh his tastes weren't exactly uh the best especially no. in uh, types of people yeah exactly we don't really <laughs> love Roald Dahl for that we don't adopt his views no so if he didn't like it then that might be kind of a good yeah, sign he hated that they changed the ending because he's from the book oh because he's like if kids love the ending of the book why would they change it for the movie I don't remember the ending we'll get to that yeah, I guess exactly. right next that was week. I just happened to see that I love that that's a nice little because tune in well, next week well because on Wikipedia it was like screen it was like screenplay by Roald Dahl and it had like the little like a next to it oh like uh the like the exponent a yeah so i knew that it had something else like that yeah. was like a footnote so i clicked the footnote and it was like somebody else wrote like most of this afterwards because roald Dahl was like screw this i'm out i'm out of here that's really interesting And so he got the credit for it but like some other guy just wrote a whole bunch of it wow yeah which i'll get more into that next time i'll do a little bit more uh, uh digging into that that being said i stand grandpa joe oh my god he, we're gonna we have to do a deep dive on grandpa joe i cannot wait for this movie he has been given a new life in memes yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm very happy for Grandpa Joe this after all those years of suffering. So, yeah, Willy Wonka, we're doing the Gene Wilder version. Yes. Not the Tim Burton version that happened yes. in the mid 2000s. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to stick with the OG, which I think is a far superior. We just watched version. it not too long ago. It's still amazing. So, I'm happy to watch it again. Willy Wonka, baby. We're doing it. All right. But for now, I hope that you guys have a great uh, time. Rewatching Top Gun. Yes. Watching Willy Wonka. Yep. And just enjoying your life. Yeah. I mean, keep following us. Baby's first watch list on Instagram. Yep. Baby's watch list on Twitter. Tell a friend. Yeah. Tell one friend. Tell one friend. And then they're going to say, I don't, I, I don't, don't need like, to do I, this. I haven't watched a movie in like six years. I don't know why you're, <laughs> why you're telling me to do this. So then tell another friend and yeah. see if you can get someone to listen to something. It's yeah. fun to talk about, right? Yeah. I have so much fun doing this. So I me hope too. you guys have fun listening. Yeah. All right. Backspin out. Okay. And chatterbox. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>